0: Don't tell anyone I'm free Don't tell anyone I'm free Hello and welcome to BSD Talk number 130. It's Tuesday, October 2nd, 2007. In the news, PCBSD 1.4 is out. So go download it, or purchase a CD set, or even a subscription. All right. Now on to the interview, which was recorded by Michael Dexter at EuroBSDCon 2007. This is Michael Dexter at EuroBSDCon 2007 in Copenhagen, on behalf of Will Backman. And today on BSD Talk, I'm talking to Marco Zetz. Welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. Today we're going to talk about the VertNet network stack virtualization project for FreeBSD. Can you tell us about the history of the project?
1: It basically started as a toy project with focus on network emulation. It started by experimenting with virtualizing the routing portion of the networking stack. When I was playing with Cisco routers and found out that It would be quite useful if a single machine could be used as a simulation environment instead of having to configure and interconnect dozens of Cisco routers to do any complex experiments. So this was done originally in 2002, and for random reasons I picked FreeBSD 4.6 or 7, I think, at the time as a starting point for my experiments. As an inertia, the original implementation continued on FreeBSD-4 until FreeBSD-11, which is unfortunately now a little bit at its end of life. So that's how it started.
0: Did you base the design on a pre-existing system, be it from Cisco, be it from Sun, be it from another maybe commercial product?
1: So basically, the idea popped out of the blue, so I didn't use any existing model as a template. I started at virtualizing only the routing tables, and then it turned out that it became quite handy to virtualize most, if not all, the components of the networking stack for my primary purpose, which was at that time doing kernel-level network emulation. However, once I released the code, it turned out that many people found this framework useful not only for network emulation hacking, but actually as an extension to FreeBSD jails for supporting more feature-rich virtual hosting environments, because each virtual network stack provides a system administrator, an ability to maintain independent, not only routing tables, but interface sets, IP firewalls, traffic shapers, things like this. So this is a step further beyond the current limitation of jail, which is confined to using only a single IP address and whatever the base system provides in terms of firewalling, routing, etc. Does that
0: include packet filter?
1: Yes, yes, that's a good, uh, an independent packet filter per each virtual stack instance.
0: Could you give us a brief technical tour of what you had to modify to enable this?
1: Okay, so the basic idea is extremely simple. The approach that I took was just pull all the global state, the global variable structures, whatever defines the behavior of the networking stack, and put this into a new superstructure, so to call it, or container, which then allowed me to have all those variables instantiated in multiple times and having them completely independent from each other. It was done quite differently in 4-11 days when this was more like a proof of concept. Today it is done with an additional level of indirection so that separate networking modules have their own structures which is intended to make it easier for kernel loadable modules to be loaded at runtime, particularly if one wishes to extend the particular subsystem. The existing framework allows for easier allocation of new fields or new substructures without having to recompile and change the entire API internally in the kernel for all the networking functions.
0: Would that suggest that this framework could be ported to other BSDs?
1: Well, I haven't watched closely development the other BSDs, but I assume it shouldn't be extremely difficult. However, it's important to note that the other BSDs are also considering alternative approaches at virtualizing the routing portion of the networking stack, so it remains to be seen which approach would fit best the particular needs. But what is also important to note about the current implementation is that it has been proven to successfully run on a multi-threaded kernel, whereas The FreeBSD 4.11 was a single-threaded kernel, which was much easier to protect from different events, like interrupts. So anyhow, the new implementation shows that technically it should be feasible to implement on more modern multi-threaded platforms.
0: And what configuration files would a system administrator modify to use the virtualized network stack?
1: First of all, the idea of virtualizing the entire network stack was based on a goal to preserve the complete management API for the entire networking infrastructure. So what's important to note is that no user space, applications, management tools, whatever, have to be changed at all, not even recompiled or linked against some libraries for it to be usable on on a virtualized kernel. In fact, from day one, the virtualized kernel was designed so that it can be used as a snap-in replacement for a stock kernel without any modifications to the user space. Except, of course, for an additional management API which manages the instantiation and configuration of the virtualized tech instance. So, by default, all the instances are isolated from each other and then in FreeBSD we have a nice framework called NetGraph which allows us to pretty conveniently interconnect the independent virtual network instances in arbitrary configurations or topologies. So that's quite extensively used in the network emulation projects in which I use the virtualized infrastructure.
0: And is a front-end utility used to create modify and remove the virtual devices and other network components?
1: So yes, there is a single additional front-end utility for creating, deleting, and managing virtual network instances. It's called Vimage. It stands for virtual image. It was an acronym. I had to give a name to the project, so I still use this name. So we'll see if the naming will change. But to interconnect those, we use already available NetGraph control management infrastructure, which is provided with st- standard FreeBSD bsd kernel.
0: Are there any hard limits to the number of virtual devices you can create, or do you have any statistics on how many you've done or any clever uses you've made of this?
1: Okay, so compared to the traditional virtualization approaches such as VMware, Xen, etc., both FreeBSD jails and virtual stakes, which can be considered as an extension to jails, are quite a lightweight approach. So the initial memory footprint in the kernel for a virtual network stack instance is very small. It's only like 100 and something kilobytes in total. And it really depends whether one has compiled a kernel with IPv6 or not, with IPsec or not, or with IPv4 uh, only. Uh, kernel config, it can be even less. So, for example, on my laptop, I can easily instantiate, say, 500 virtual nodes, each running an instance of Quagga with a routing daemon for RIP and for RIPNG for IPv6. And they all seem to be running quite happily and I can still use the laptop for other purposes. So the trick here is that the applications actually share the text portion of, share the memory, so that's why it scales so good. But in general, it's it's really a lightweight approach, and instantiating virtual stack is cheap and fast. A
0: small piece of information on jail scalability. At the conference, Ike Levy and I were discussing the merits of different jails and how many we had tried. And he had tried in production about 170 jails. I had tried up to 64, but I had a memory device limit. But I thought, well, I'll ask PHK. And for fun, with a very simple script, I believe he brought it up to 64,000 jail instances. That's good. So it seems like these will go hand in hand to do something you will not be able to do with Zen or otherwise. Could you describe the difference between jails and virtual network stacks?
1: FreeBSD jails provide an isolated environment for user applications to run by preventing user processes. So this is an oversimplification, but in essence they prevent user processes running in one jail to interact in whichever way with the user processes running in another jail, while on the networking space they confine each jail to using only a single IP address which has to be configured as an alias on one of the existing interfaces by the system administrator of the base system. So the virtualized stack basically 100% reuse the uh, user space separation code between jails. But on the networking side, the approach is slightly different. So the idea is for each process to be associated with a networking stack instance. And when a user process opens a networking socket. The idea is for this socket to remain bound to a particular network stack instance for its entire lifetime duration. From the bottom side of the network stack, the idea is that each physical or perhaps logical interface on the system has to be associated with one and only one network stack instance at a time. So, in fact, when you create multiple virtual stacks, you assign each network stack a virtual network card instance or if you wish you can assign a physical card to a virtual network stack instance so if if you do this then the card the interface has to be removed from the default environment where it was out of configured and then we can use NetGraph to interconnect those virtual network interfaces into say a bridging topology which then provides communication path to the outside world. So, in essence, each virtual stack looks pretty much like a standalone FreeBSD system from the networking perspective. It has its own private interface list and it has its private own socket address space in addition to IP and IPv6, IPsec, of course, uh, as well, configuration space.
0: Is this currently experimental or is this production ready?
1: four eleven implementation was reportedly used in production by anonymous ISP providers in the US. And in fact, this gave the initial push for the uh, project to re-implement this on FreeBSD 7, which is supported by the FreeBSD Foundation and it's supported by the Dutch Enelnet Foundation financially. So there's anecdotal evidence about the production use of the framework. Well, I use it on a daily basis on my laptop for the past six months. And it's not like uh, proof of production use, but it seems to be stable enough for more serious uses. But I'd say in a month or two, it should be stable enough for production use.
0: Is it well documented?
1: Well, it's not documented at all, to be honest. That's the part that needs most work. So, on my website, there are a few presentations that document the general idea and some internal structures, but that's about it for the moment.
0: And is it only you working on the project?
1: On the regional implementation, I had a pretty good collaboration with other folks around, So. The IPsec virtualization for FreeBSD 4.11 was donated by Boeing Aerospace. The IPv6 was done in collaboration with a guy sitting in ISI uh, Institute in the University of Southern California in in Los Angeles. And several people have given smaller contributions. So at the moment, I have a colleague at the University of Zagreb who is working with me.
0: Well, this sounds very exciting.
1: Thanks for the interview. I just hope that people will try this framework and use it a little bit so that we can get a little bit more feedback. Which features would people like to have, which might be missing now, and perhaps in which direction should we redesign the management interface?
0: We have a guest question from Jörg Zonenberger. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, I'd like to know how much overhead do you actually introduce with virtualization changes compared to uh, normal So, These are all global variables only.
1: <laughs> the overhead is quite small because it is basically only a single level of indirection to accessing each networking variable. But the measurements have shown in FreeBSD4 days that for typical internet size packets. For the Lubeck traffic, where we had this, both the sender and the receiver on the same machine, the throughput was degraded by only, I think, three or four percent. Where we have to take into account that we take the overhead twice, once on the receiver, once on the transmitting side. However, it was quite interesting to learn that for measuring ICMP throughput on the loopback, actually the virtualized stack yielded a few percent better throughput than the standard stack. So I don't have any scientific explanation for that beyond speculation that probably the symbols and variables came much more closer in memory so perhaps the grouping of the symbols improved the cpu cache efficiency and probably reduced the tlb thrashing so in freebsd7 the figures are in that range so measuring lubeck tcp traffic is somewhere around one or one point five percent on a single processor machine
0: thank you for the question and how can the community help at this time?
1: So from the community, the biggest help would be if more people would give this code a try and report back on any issues. In particular, the ideas or requests for updating the management interface, which is quite old and basically hasn't been changed from the 4.11 prototype. So this portion of the code is really, really ugly and needs to be changed anyway. But the management concepts need to be a little bit extended for the framework to be able to support a more wide variety of applications, probably more in supporting VPN routing or just VPN monitoring solutions. Well,
0: thank you very much much for talking to BSD Talk. Thanks for inviting me. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email or even send me some audio, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 130.